0: You're drowned by my perfect fire, my perfect life. Hello and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> my name is Father Peter
1: Buffett
0: And my name is Scott Powell. <laughs> Scott, you look so disgusted with me right now. You guys, I, It's not
1: disgusted. I just can't think of a, a rejoinder for your
0: voice. Yeah, no, I don't even know. I, it's, just, I, it's like, how do you keep it fresh and alive? You like know, that. Like, like what you just did. Gives my you did questions. it. You kept it fresh and alive. Well, you guys, um, welcome to the Word on the Hill. This is um we're entering into the twenty fifth Sunday in ordinary time. Did we I say didn't... our names
1: and the title of the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. And, stuff and uh, with yeah, the lanky guys and all that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It all was right. just it was just kind of upsetting because it didn't. Because of my sound face. Right.
0: <laughs> Both ads. Yeah.
1: Your voice, my face. And uh, Together, we're unstoppable. <laughs> we're a podcast. Did you get the email that I sent you? Yeah, we're but, uh, 27th in the Philippines, dude. We are 244th. Oh, is that what it was? Among Christian podcasts in Singapore, <laughs> which is as yeah. specific as you can get. Dude, was that a real that, was, that was a real know. email? I don't know. I want it to be, but I don't know who this person is. It's it's one of those, it's like the, it's some ad. Congratulations, Lanky Guys has now ranked at number 244 and on the Apple Podcast Christianity Chart in Singapore. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. So I sent it to you. That was the first thing. I just uh, it's It's from a company called Chartable Podcast Analytics. Oh. And he wants us to subscribe to him. Well, guess what? This is a shout out to the Philippines. You guys are the best. Singapore. Singapore? I've said it three times and you keep saying the Philippines. I thought it was Singapore. Singapore. Singapore,
0: you guys are the best. Oh my god. (laughs) Singapore Oh boy.
1: Singapore. Well, speaking of Singapore, it's the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Our first reading is from Isaiah (laughs) chapter 55, 6 through 9. Yeah, and our responsorial psalm is coming from Psalm 145, verse 2 to 3, 8 through 9, and 17 through 18, with the response coming from 18a. You alright? Yeah, yeah. Got it. I would... okay. <laughs> you, seemed, uh, you left us there for just a moment. I wish you could have seen Father Peter's face.
0: <laughs> you know what it is, is that I've learned all of this by using Zoom. That you can just freeze for a second and not say anything and everybody will just wait for you to stop glitching. <laughs> because they think you're glitching.
1: <laughs> Were you glitching? I, I, you, glitched, you glitched for a second. You right? glitched for a second. We need to upgrade again. our system. Yeah, to, that's right. Uh, get a better to processor. You guys pro. <laughs> it's more expensive.
0: Yeah. Our second reading is the, from the Philippians. Yep. Uh, chapter 1, 20C to 24, jumping to 27A. A
1: little piecemeal, but it uh, it doesn't lose anything. I would contest.
0: Yeah. It it was like one of those things where like, why did you
1: take the time to pull anything out of that? Because Paul gets a little verbose in here. And I think the church is like, all right, Paul, get to the point. (laughs) That that is what it seems like an editor did at this point. All right. Our gospel is coming from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Also A. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, (laughs) Good to have you. Uh, So, Isaiah. Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call to him while he is near. So, okay, here's what we should say about Isaiah. Oh, it's Isaiah. Oh, I had a, <laughs> I meant to make an Isaiah joke. Okay. How about, because the first reading, no, I don't have one. Which is just like, <laughs> hey, guess where the first reading's from? Because you <laughs> yeah. think that the first reading is always from Isaiah, it's, which it's not, it's but it is never, today. it's never not. That's not true. Um, this comes from what's called Trito Isaiah. So scholars often split the book of Isaiah into three major chunks. And some scholars say that there's different authors. The tradition says it's, it's Isaiah writing the whole thing. But this is a significant moment because we're starting the third section of the book, which is um, basically calling to the exiles and pointing them toward the restoration that God will eventually bring. So this is the beginning. 55 starts that section. And, of course, it starts with a gigantic feast that God calls both Israel to and then all of the nations to. So that's uh, where our context is going to be for this passage.
0: Yep, yeah, which is um the only thing that I've been able to like make a connection with cuz I mean that's what I'm always what we're that's what we're trying to do is is we're trying to discuss with each other to define the thread that links all of the readings together. That's really like if we had a
1: goal. Oh. That's what we're doing. <laughs>
0: oh no, I'm Lord, have mercy! He will. He will. Uh, we are in so much trouble. No, I'm just kidding. All right, go on.
1: Um, Proceed. So,
0: so like I, I, you know, you go back and you start at the beginning of Isaiah 55, and um, yes. and it, and it's actually talking about labor. See, really, yeah. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend for money that that which is not bread? Um, so it's it, it's it's about the what is the fruit of la uh, sorry sorry about labor and money. So like what I, what we're actually talking about is like, okay, here we go. Like um, rather than so we get in Isaiah fifty five, we get rather than spending, hmm. this is actually what you should s- like. Th- th- I think that what we're defining from the gospel, which is the parable about the laborers getting money, depending yeah. no, no matter what time they the gospel, they, yeah, yeah. they worked, and so what we're actually talking about i think is in isaiah 55 is the labor that that what it looks like to actually labor within the kingdom of god seek the lord call on him forsake the way like and turn to the lord um and then and then recognize that that there is something that's otherworldly about the labor that is actually meant to be undertaken for the kingdom of god i don't know this is like this is the only way i could make sense of yeah. Don't look at me like I'm that. I'm not. I'm not. Scott, you guys. It was if, a joke. If I could look at, if I could tell you what Scott's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> look like is it, he gave me the look of the girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off who's listening to uh, the yeah, guy
1: you totally got the re- that actually was what I was going for yeah you like I Man, we are so connected um i'm 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 liking what you're saying i want to hear more as we go proceed through the the readings right. about the labor thing um and I, I already mentioned this but i do think it's significant though that what this this call of chapter 55 which begins like you said come all you who are thirsty come to the waters um, it is a it is a calling. It's a summoning to return from the exile. So again, this is where, uh, literally, Isaiah is so weird because he spans the period long before the exile begins, speaks about the exile that he will not himself experience, and then points all the way ahead to its end and the restoration from it. So it's hard to know uh, chronologically where Isaiah is and how he's kind of getting all these visions. But this is pointing way ahead in the future for him when God is calling people who... um. Who are hurting back and who have felt abandoned back and who have really labored, as it says, for all of the things which are not bread, which are not life giving, in other words, to turn from those things. So it says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Um, Oh, I remember one of my one of my thoughts. Okay, hold on. Come to the waters, Uh, you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, but without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? Why labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, listen, Shema, right? Uh, Hero Israel, and eat what is good. Your soul will delight in the richest fare. Give ear, again, this reference to Shema, Hero Israel, come to me, hear me that your soul may live. I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to all the peoples, a leader to summon all of the nations. Surely you will summon nations you don't even know, and the nations who don't know you will come to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. He has endowed you with splendor. This is the story of the Gospels. This is the story of the church in this kind of uh, what five verse summary of everything that Jesus will do and the Gospels will be. He will be the new David who summons all people back to the kingdom of God, who didn't even know that they were supposed to be there, and they will come and be in the vineyard. And this is where we begin to see the tie-ins, like you said, to the Gospel, because the imagery of vineyards in the Old Testament is always a reference to Israel herself, the people of God being built up. Um, But there's, there's two things that struck me about this reading. One is and i i've read to you just everything you're not going to hear at mass but this is the setup <laughs> it just it's the on it. yeah our reading today the come to you who are thirsty i was reading uh, one of my favorite pro- protestant commentaries on this and there's a, a comment a comment on this passage where this these protestant scholars who i really like went out of their way to say i thought this was funny um the waters that G, that that god is calling the people to come to you who are thirsty come to the waters the waters are um a figurative figurative symbol for spiritual refreshment it kind of a couple different times and a couple different ways refers to these waters are not literal these waters are figurative they're symbolic which if you're a catholic you should be thinking of baptism what is the water through which we are brought to the table of god and into the kingdom it's it's a it's a subtle veiled reference to baptism of course So I thought that was significant. But the other thing I'm also hearing is this woman at the well, and she is kind of becoming a little bit of the paradigm for these readings for me, who is the one who sort of is embodying the fulfillment of this passage, right? The one who is thirsty at the well, thirsting for something that is not water, hungering for something that is not bread. And the one who is David comes and invites her, and she says, I didn't even know these things, and so there's there's all these kind of layers of meaning to this, and that leads me into the only I think really significant thing I have to say about this reading, which is this, and I don't know if it's significant for anybody else but me, but this is what I was reading over and over this morning, being continually haunted by, partially because of a, a class I taught last night and something it reminded me of. Um, But it says here, seek the Lord while, this is our reading that we'll get on Sunday. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call him while he is near, which I've heard a million times before. I think many of us have. We hear this passage read at mass every couple of years. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Um, And that's what I, I want to see if I can put words to the emotion that was welling up in me about this. The new, I was teaching a class on the gospels last night. And the gospel experience, that the situation that Jesus comes into when he is born and becomes incarnate as a first century Palestinian Jew, is a situation where all of Israel that still exists, the remnant of Israel, essentially assumes that God has abandoned them. He has left. This is why the Gospel of Matthew begins with Jesus' title being Emmanuel, which means God is with us, because the appearance suggests that God is not with us, and the people need to be reminded of that. Which is not true, because God is always with us, whether we see him or not. But this little passage has been bothering me, because there are times, it seems, that the Lord chooses to not allow himself to be found. If this says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call to him while he is near, the Christian experience and the Judeo-Christian experience, even preceding us, suggests that there are times when God hides himself. There are times when God veils himself and he's not as apparent at some times as he is other times. We live in this time and in this situation we have for the last 2,000 years in the church where I don't see Jesus face to face. I trust and I believe in the sacraments. I truly do. And I believe that he is there when I speak to him and when I pray and when two or more are gathered in his name. I do believe that, but it's so hard experientially to wrap myself around that because he's hidden and he's veiled from my eyes. I know he's there, but what this was telling me is that there's these moments in all of our prayer, well, hopefully in many of our prayer lives or our spiritual lives, those those moments when, it was speaking to me of the moments when, we catch the little glimpse, like you're going, if, if you're serious about the spiritual life, if you're serious about having a prayer life, a lot of it is just a laboring. Like you said, it's a workaday thing, right? I, and I'll, I'm going to be very candid, I guess. I mean, I show up to prayer every day. I've got my prayer regimen, my routine, the things I do every day, but you know, I can count maybe on one hand, the number of times that in my daily routine prayer, I like feel this real presence of God. And, and maybe I shouldn't admit that, and maybe other people have different experiences, but for me, it's it's a laboring. And I trust, and I know God is there, and I believe him, but I don't always feel it or see it or hear it or have the, those like, oh, I feel it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, I, it's interesting. I was talking to him.
0: I was talking to somebody last night about my theology of the chalice, okay. and I, I'm I, at some point I need to write a pamphlet because that's about how much theology I have about. I need to, I need to write a pamphlet. That's what all great authors <laughs> like, have said over the centuries. It's like,
1: it's like I can't really write a book the, on. I'm it. going to write like, the Great American Pamphlet, dude. Now we're during talking. the
0: quarantine, <laughs> exactly, dude. I can probably. That's about what I got. I some, love it. Uh, some people usually call that an essay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I like pamphlet. I like pamphlet better. A better. zine. Azine. this is my theozine she's oh, theozine okay continue theozine, that's actually sounds like a like some sort of drug that may, makes it's like a, like knocks you out i'm
1: gonna theozine go is not to be taken with alcohol theozine <laughs> can cause headaches and nausea and headaches <laughs> and more nausea Mon, okay. one must pray often when using theozine <laughs> when using theozine <laughs> um do so, you know i knew a person once whose job it was to write those no that was her career Oh, man. She wrote the tagline. All the legally is at the end of prescription medicine commercials.
0: Oh my goodness! That's what That's she the did. Best for part a of the commercial. The Good th- heavens! Th- uh, anyway, okay. continue. <laughs> but um, the the spiritual formation is the cup, and and as a metalsmith, oh the chalice, right? The, yeah, I what we were talking yeah, about. yeah. So so what happens is a cup. Um, in a traditional way to form it is you would take a flat sheet of metal, you take a hammer, and then you would hammer it in successive circles. Okay. Um moving inward and outward and then and then you know annealing it so you bring it up to temperature and let it cool again so that you so that as it gets rigid you continually form a cup and and <laughs> what ends up happening is that the successive hammer blows um actually form it so that it can contain that which is poured into it. So okay. So like actually the formation of a cup out of metal is a, is actually a very violent and difficult process. Sounds that's like it. Becoming rigid and then and then actually softening again. Rigid yeah. and softening with multiple things of hammer blows so that what that it can contain. And that's actually how I see spiritual formation and and often the process of prayer. We show up to prayer. Yeah. So that we're continually allowing the Lord to form us so that when the moment when he arrives, then we're actually able to receive,
1: receive the Lord while he is near. Right. While he, those, those brief moments when he unveils himself just a little bit. Right. This reading is saying, jump on those. Right. Be ready to receive it. And that's the process of prayer is that
0: we're continually making sure that we are open to those.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, you've you've took my sort of un undeveloped reflection into the the, the good logical place for it from my pamphlet writing <laughs> from your pamphlet. You don't even need to write it anymore. I don't no, even need, no, There all, we go. No, it's, it's out there. write a full pamphlet for me. Yeah. Maybe it's a diagram, <laughs> a, <laughs> a chart. A <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I, that's that's what. At, at the risk of some isogesis of reading myself into this, that's what was speaking to me of the. There's there are moments in my life, and life is hard. Um, life is hard in our society, and in our our kids' schooling, and you know our universities. Everything is chaotic. Um, but Actually, there's moments. I, I find it the most peaceful period I've ever experienced Stop in my it. whole life. That's not funny. <laughs> but there are still those moments, and I've I've been experience I tried to speak to about it a little bit in our conversation this morning. I didn't, and I just got off talking about school district stuff. Um, but there, in my attempt. I'm living in a time we're living in a time in life when when it's taking everything in me to not live in a constant state of anger at stuff. Right. And said, will you uh, will you conform your will to me enough to not be angry at everything you see happening in the world? Does that make any sense? And it was one of those things like I heard that, like I felt that. I need to jump on that I need he, he showed me something and to just kind of write it off or like to just kind of go about my life or go about my day or go about my stuff without recognizing no God said something to me in prayer today I don't always get that but he, he spoke something to me seek him while he may be found seek out what that means go after that thing right because you're coming from a kind of exile we've all been kind of exiled from our churches and our families and our, our communities and everything else in this time weird time in history and And so as we're being slowly summoned back to a world that is not perfect, he's saying, when you hear something I have to say, listen, be like the woman at the well who was seeking something that she didn't even know what she was seeking. And the Lord appeared. He was found by her, even when she wasn't seeking him. And she recognized it, and she called him. She found him. She sought him, even though she didn't know she was seeking him to begin with. And then he disappears. He vanishes, right? He goes about his ministry, and he leaves that woman up in Samaria, and she continues on. She continues the seeking process and the bringing the scoundrels to forsake their way and the wicked their thoughts turning her community to God for mercy because he's generous and forgiving whose thoughts are not her thoughts and our thoughts and their thoughts and ways are not our ways. Does that make any sense? Is that a big jumble of nonsense? No, it's not nonsense. It's you're making connections. Okay. I like it. That's what, and again, yeah, we can talk uh, historically about what's going on here, but this, the, the passage spoke in a weird way to me this morning. I like it. Which kind of upended what I was going to talk about in the podcast today with all that.
0: Yeah. Which is nice because the response in the psalm is the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to
1: all who call upon him in truth. Right. Whether we see him or not. Right. He is near whether we recognize it and find him. Right. He's still there, and that's the message of the gospel. That's why the gospel of Matthew begins with the word Emmanuel, God with us, and ends with the words, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Actually, it's not I will. It's present tense. I am with you always to the end of the age, whether you see me or not. And then what does Jesus do? He zips out into the air. He ascends into heaven like a rocket. And we're like, where'd you go? And he's still there, but he is not seen in the same way.
0: I like the psalm because it's like about um, I think it's actually about the the, the formation process of living in um, gratitude and consistent consistent clear gratitude because that's actually the formation by which we can like if you're constantly practicing
1: gratitude, you yeah. you actually can discover God. It's funny uh, I don't know if, well, uh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. this is a it's – a, it's a Davidic psalm of praise. Did you know, though, that in the Hebrew, this is formed in the alphabetic acrostic? Um,
0: I will only wear gloves when reading this then. Because it's caustic?
1: Caustic. Caustic.
0: See? It's it's acrostic. So it's the all the letters of the alphabet telling you that it's the salvation of the Lord A to Z or
1: Aleph, Bet, well, Gimel, Het, well, Zemel. But the A to Z, I think, is more specific to what you just said what did you? What Praise. Did you just, it's a formation in, in gratitude. All of the ways in which we should be grateful. That's why in the in the the pedagogy of the way the psalm is constructed, is saying you should thank him for everything from A to Z, from beginning to end, from top to bottom of your life. And it's constructed in an acrostic to remind you that when you're praising God, when you're thanking him, when you're Reflecting on his gracious and mercifulness, you should thank him all the way. everything in your life. the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it. easy. Like the first to the last. Yes. Is that a joke?
0: Oh, yeah, I see what you just did. Yeah, that's the that's how we that's, how we that's that's how we finish the <laughs> that's gospel. That's good. That's actually quite right. good. That we should need to learn how to praise him from the first to the last. But oftentimes we mm. the we, we get inverted and we freak out because we're like, I, this is in an unexpected capacity. But if we have a formation to be able to receive what he's doing, then we are we grasp grasp the profound
1: work of God. You you literally just summarize the second reading. I don't know if you meant to explicitly, but you summarized the second reading. So this is Paul uh, writing to the church in Philippi. In Philippi... Well, there's lots we can say about Philippi. Philippi, one of the things that is significant to note about it, it was um, primarily uh, a community that was formed around retired military people of the Roman, the Roman oh, military. That's it was what it that was. Place. I
0: was preaching the other day, and I, I and I and I had Philippi in my mind, but I referenced it as um, as um, uh, 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 Corinth, but then I was uh, like, but no, then Corinth. No, cor- no. cor- I think no. Corinth is sports. Philippi is, is retirement. That's like
1: which is what you do in retirement: watch sports. <laughs> exactly. So there's a there's correlation. A, I suppose a, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, the so that that's significant. So it's it's people who, it's, I'm I'm chuckling about your connection because Corinth had such a lousy reputation for immorality and and decadence and. Just utter sinfulness and disorder and just kind of chaos and all sorts of stuff. And they did also like sports. There was a, a version of the Olympics that happened there. Philippi, I imagine, to be almost the diametric opposite because it's all these really intense, well-trained, retired military people who like order and you know discipline and everything else, which is not what Corinth was all about. So I'm, <laughs> I had to chuckle about that connection. Yeah. Um. But but when Paul writes this letter to these people in Philippi, who had a particular view of the world, I suppose. He's writing from prison. He makes that clear at the very beginning of right. the letter. I'm in prison. It's one of the prison letters, as they're called. You know, I, um, and I really like, because he's calling out in this section before we get to
0: this about yeah. how, how, like, he's like, he's like, um, uh, uh, brethren, they've been confident in the Lord because of my imprisonment. Are I'm much more bold now to speak of the word of God without fear. Some yeah. indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Like it's actually this really like I love his there's this insight of saying like, oh, just because you're preaching Christ, you does not actually guarantee
1: you that you're doing it
0: out of the right place of your soul.
1: However, but Paul's conclusion is where the twist comes in that statement, because Paul says, look, there's some people who are literally using my situation to stab me in the back selfishly and self-servingly. Other people are doing it out of goodwill, um, but in all things, if Christ is pr- is crucified, if Christ is proclaimed, then I rejoice. So, if people are literally proclaiming Christ with terrible intention, trying to stab me in the back and aggrandize themselves, I still praise God because people are hearing the name of Jesus Christ, mm. even if it's out of ill will, even if it's out of selfishness. They're hearing the name of Jesus. Praise be to God, which is. For anybody who's been a human being, I was going to say who's worked in the church. I mean, (laughs) it's hard sometimes when you're in the church and there's politics and people can, you know, heel grabbing and, you know, people are selfish and self-serving everywhere in the world. And sometimes it's surprising that that exists in the church too. Surprise, surprise. But for any of you who have ever felt stabbed in the back or manipulated or, or, you know, hurt by someone who is supposedly preaching Jesus Christ to be like, you know what? People heard about Jesus Christ through that person who totally destroyed me or hurt me in this terrible way or abused me or did this thing. And I will praise God for what he was able to do through them still. that That's an amazing thing to be able to do. And that's Paul's A to Z gratefulness. Whatever happens God is actually in control of it. And in prison, he basically says, he's like, look, brothers and sisters, Christ is going to be magnifying my body, whether I live or whether I die. So he's like, basically, there's two options of what can happen for me. I'm in prison. I'm in a prison cell right now. And he goes on after this to say, I really want to come visit you. I want to come and see the church in Philippi and see how you are and pray with you and worship you. And if I get to come and be with you, that's awesome. The other option is that they end up killing me here in prison because they found me, you know, more dangerous than I thought. And if I die, then I get to go be with Jesus. If I live, I get to come and tell you about Jesus. There's no losing for me. There's no downside to my life. If what's the worst thing that a person could ever do to you? They could kill you. And Paul says if they kill me, I get to go be with Jesus. If they don't kill me, I'll keep preaching the gospel. It's win-win. Paul sees no downside to all of the things that are coming at him in life, which again, going back to the first reading and and my own reflections on myself and my own weaknesses, I'm scared of everything. I'm angry at everything. I get frustrated so easily. And Paul is literally rotting in a prison cell saying, there's no downside to this to me. Because if I get to preach Jesus here, I'll preach him to the prison. If, If they won't let me out, if they don't let me speak to another human being, I'll preach Jesus to the prison guard. Fine. And then I'll go be with Jesus. If they let me out, I'll come to you. There is no part of my life I will not experience God's gratitude in. I will hear his voice. I will see him when he is found, even in the prison cell, even in these little ways. And I'm going to tell you guys all about it. And then we actually jump. He says, uh, I don't <laughs> What does he say? He says, I don't even know which one I would choose. If I was offered the two, if I should die or if I should live, I'm not sure. I'm caught between the two. I long to depart this life to be with Jesus, but but that's far better. But I remain in the flesh because it's more necessary for you, schmoes, because I can tell you more about Jesus. So that's a win-win. And then we jump over Paul kind of expanding on that idea. And then he says to the community that he's speaking to in Philippi, our translation says, conduct yourself in a way of life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, The the term in Greek, he actually says citizen yourself to a way of life worthy of the gospel of Christ, Hmm. because for the people in Philippi, their their identity as citizens of the empire of Rome and the benefits they've derived thereof fighting for Rome, working for Rome, being part of the military of Rome. They are reaping the benefits of all that by living in this beautiful coastal city of Philippi, living out their retirement, having received the benefits of serving an empire well. And Paul is saying, if you put your identity in the citizenship of Philippi or in the citizenship of Rome, then you've lost it already. You citizen yourself to the gospel of Christ. You citizen yourself to the kingdom of heaven, which would have been a very provocative thing to say to a group of people whose citizenship and identity and political sense was very very important to them to them. Right. And he's saying, "No, you need to citizen yourself elsewhere other than the nation of Rome." Mm. And that's how the church chooses that we close this passage. Be grateful for everything. If you die, you can be grateful for that. If you live, you can be grateful for that. If people attack you, you can be grateful of that. If you get persecuted, you can be grateful of that. If they let you go and you can go back and see your family and friends, be grateful for that. A to Z. There's nothing that God's face should not touch in your life. If you are able to see him and find him when he shows himself in those places and you jump on that. So, Citizen yourself to that. Citizen yourself to your identity in Jesus because governments will let you down. People will let you down. Families will let you down. Politics will let you down. Economics will let you down. All of them will fail you. Jesus never will. And to the degree that he is primary and you citizen yourself to his kingdom, everything else fits in its proper place. And again, Paul's not just saying nice theological ideas, nice pious things. He's putting his money where his mouth is. He's like, they really might kill me tomorrow. And i'm cool with that right or they don't and i'm cool with that
0: but and and this is where the this is where we actually get to the gospel which yeah. is to say hey you know what i've uh, i've been asked to work and i'm gonna just labor in the vineyard i'm just gonna go yes and and everybody receives the same reward like yeah. here we are should like, we tell
1: them what the gospel is
0: it's yeah so we unpack
1: like unpack like like tell them the story it's a parable. It's a parable which you've heard before. Yeah, maybe they haven't though. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. I'm
0: not. So basically, what happens is there's a the, the parable. It's a good story. Yeah, is has a landowner and he goes and he hires some hired laborers at Home Depot. He's a vineyard owner. Sorry, vineyard owner. But it, which it, is, it is
1: a landowner, but that's specific for the Jewish mindset. If you're hearing a vineyard, you're talking about Israel. It's an association with Israel. Right. And who's the vineyard owner? God. God, that's the Old Testament and, tradition,
0: and and in uh, other places you hear him. He built a wall, dug a wine uh, press, yeah, yeah, did, did uh, planted this and then lent it out. But this is this one's different. He's the, this vineyard owner is going to the Home Depot and he he gets <laughs> he gets hired laborers and says, "Hey, come and work." And they so they do. And now, that
1: was common that was, people who wanted to be laborers would wait in the marketplace. That's always uh, been humanity. People, that, that has been humanity. You, yeah, you, you wait at the docks and then yeah, you go rent. get some dock work and. Then you make a great movie about
0: it, you know, the on, on the waterfront.
1: Oh, on the waterfront. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
0: I know, that's just so, so silly. I just don't remember the movie. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, w- interestingly enough, though, is depending according to season, you actually the, the different periods of the day might be longer or shorter because of the way okay. in which the hours were were sure. calculated
1: according to fall and spring and stuff. So so it, like so
0: bearing the burden
1: of or the or what um, what season it is as far as harvesting something. Like, right. There's there's times where there's need for more labor and times when there's need for less. Right. And so so th- he's going along. He hires some people, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll go get some more at dawn." Want. So the first the first round is at dawn sunrise right sunrise to sunset is the span of this story which kind of matters there's a sunrise moment where he goes out and there's sunrise, a sunset, mo- sunset sunset sunrise sunset
0: okay continue yeah. okay so what are the different periods that he goes and
1: hires laborers four times okay well there's yeah okay go for it no you no, i'm asking you uh 6 a.m uh-huh 9 a.m uh-huh noon uh-huh. and 3 a 3 p.m okay why are those? Why is that significant, Scott?
0: Because because what happens is it the, the whole story. He ends up finishing, and then he says the people who were hired at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. He pays them first, and they they make a, 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 a they make an agreement to have a, a, one drachma. You get one drachma for your work. Denari. During,
1: denari. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why I said drachma. That's a drachma. I don't know. <laughs> well, what, seriously, what's a, what are you referencing? I don't know. I just drachma. It, it's, that's too specific to be.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a denarii. Right. Which, funny enough, do you know the only other place that they agree for uh, drachmas pay per day? No, denari. You mean denari? <laughs> <laughs> no, where? Um, Tobit. Um, so really? th- the, yeah, the angel Raphael agrees yeah. with uh, to- so so Tobit agrees to pay him a drachma a day to accompany denari a denari a day <laughs> uh, <laughs> he pays him a denari a day plus expenses Keeps the doctor pl- away. Pl- plus, plus per diem um, for <laughs> <laughs> plus mileage plus mi- no absolutely <laughs> and uh, to take his son Tobias to yeah, inherit. His to find uh, the wife to, to get the uh, no to get his inheritance. You know he finds a wife along the way, <coughs> and then and then um then the angel Raphael comes back along with him and then heals uh the heals um Tobit from his uh cataracts the from poop his poop in eyes. the eye yeah because poop, his poop with in the, the eye with fish scales incident. yeah so like so it's this fish scale smoke so it's really interesting that like. So I, I don't know. I just was thinking huh. about this because because it's actually about saying like, oh, what is the 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 drachma? I mean the denarius or whatever it is is about actually accompaniment. For the proper inheritance, which we see is, uh, of course, mm. it, which is actually about the, what the, the, he says, the kingdom of heaven. So the inheritance mm. the, that they're act, we're actually talking about is something much larger. Yeah. So that's the full story. So but we have <sighs> these four periods that they're that they're getting, which is
1: it's associated with somewhere else in the gospel. I've got to believe I, my mind jumped to uh, the parable that Jesus tells in Mark where he overlays the events of the passion on uh the different watches of the the um yeah you remember when he's when he's given the warning to the apostles to keep watch he says you know the the oh when the, when the the master of the house was gone and the thieves might come and rob it right could be in the third for, uh, cock crow um, in the in the early morning um uh, cock crow at noon at uh, in the evening There's not, i couldn't find anything that overlaid these except the church's tradition of praying the Angelus, oh, which is the only thing that I could find that actually does actually fit on these periods of time. Traditionally, we pray the Angelus at six a.m., at nine a.m., at noon, and then at three. You, uh, the passion of uh, in John as the
0: as the place where you see these periods. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Were Jesus, you leading me to something? No. Or are no, you just being? Uh, no, I just was thinking you were like I didn't find it anywhere else, and then I was like, and, and then you said oh, cock, cool. you said cockcrow, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh, because Jesus, what did he do? He gave up his spirit at three o'clock. At three o'clock. You, yeah. You so you so have, there's some, That's why I was so like, well, three God, o'clock. Something. You've got noon. When from
1: noon to three, he hangs right, on across. So, yeah.
0: so so at cock crow – dawn,
1: which would have been six dawn. Right.
0: So then, then nine, the 9 a.m. doesn't uh, fit. Yeah, that's when he stands before Pilate. Is, is it nine a.m. Really? Yeah, and then he's condemned to send send oh, over. Fantastic!
1: I wanted them to match up, but I just couldn't. I couldn't yes. think of where they so did.
0: Each one of these labors is so. It's I don't know. I I don't really know the theological depth of why that's significant, it's, but that's worthy worth of a meditation. It's worthy
1: of a meditation. Um, so that's kind of cool. Worthy.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe the laborers, it, the
1: first laborers, are were not terribly good. <laughs> So, so so, We know that there's overtones of the story of salvation history in this. Right. And if that's true, we also know that Israel was not great at doing the task that God set out for them to do. Right. So we needed to get more
0: people doing stuff because it's like, these are not that great. And he's like, gosh, none of these people are actually doing what they're like. They're not pulling their weight the same way. But I will still be generous, even though maybe they're not like even bearing the burden of the day's heat yeah. now there's a, there's an implication in there and this is just kind. Of, we're just playing with the ideas yes of course there's an implication that bearing the burdens of the day's heat is that there, there's a standard labor here that, yeah. that that standard labor that they actually were just doing it there was no question about the, the ones who came earlier. yeah yeah
1: they're just doing the thing they're yep. just doing the thing as best that they can and, presumably yeah and they all get paid a day I mean it's not that the ones who were there all day get paid less or anything they get paid the standard rate it's that the ones who came late get paid seemingly so much more than they should have, um, which is which is exorbitant. And this is where it comes back to: is it is it referenced also? Yeah, it's referenced in the first reading that God's ways are just far beyond ours. God can do whatever He wants to. That's that's the moral sort of of the gospel and of the first reading. God can do whatever He wants to do. This is His money in in the in the parable, the landowner. It's His money. He can do whatever He wants with it this world is God's, he can do what he will, even if it's something that we don't understand, which is where we come back to this idea of either, God, why do you allow all these things to happen? Why is all this stuff happening in our world around us? Why does everybody feel like they're out to get me? Why does everybody feel like they're out to get the church? Why is all this taking place and why does it feel like you're rewarding those who are wicked? Why does it feel like you're punishing the just and the righteous and you're rewarding the wicked? Which is the mantra of the scriptures, specifically the Psalms from the beginning. Why does the world look so topsy-turvy? And maybe it's just that for a period of time when you live in a world that doesn't feel topsy-turvy, when it feels like I'm doing good things, I'm doing the right things and my life is okay. And all of a sudden it gets flipped on its head and we begin to live in the world of Paul, where doing what is right actually gets us what's bad and doing what is wicked actually gets you rewarded, you begin to say, well, wait a second. I knew that in theory and I understood that God talked about those things in the abstract, but I don't really want to suffer for doing what's right. I don't want to be righteous and actually have to deal with the cross. And God says, do you trust that I am actually in charge of all the resources that I have? That when you come to things
0: like that, oh, right. no, like no, like we can see that why, nobody hired us. Like the reality is, is is that that's actually part of the Christian's job is to mm. c- continually go yes. out and to say, hey, the Lord has an authentic thing for you to
1: do because it's be not the landowner who goes out. He sends his representatives to go to the Home Depot and bring people back. Right. And, and so- they have some freedom to choose who they choose. Right. or who they speak to who they who they encounter who they approach which well, means that part of this is our job right and that's and that's where it's like yeah I, I think people
0: continually call people you know like yeah. like uh, like th- that's the thing is that we that's our job and that's what we're trying to do so i mm. I actually think that the people are of of pretty good will i I, I think a lot of people are I think people that, in general
1: yeah oh yeah I hope so
0: i I think that people, I want to believe that i I actually i, I think particularly of of Believers. I think that they're. I hope so. Yeah. I uh, hope so. You know, I think what happens is that we get twisted up as soon as we put leadership into this. Yeah. Like and and that's actually where the the parables about who's leading the vineyard mm. are very very stringent and very strong. And Jesus' absolutely ki- criticism of how leadership is done is something that that we actually have to take very very seriously. Yes. And as a leader myself, I mm. I grasp exactly what he's saying. You yeah. you have to stick so close to the Lord that um that, because otherwise it's just so easy to just to just flounder.
1: Right. Right.
0: And, and that's and, and feed yourself rather yeah. than to feed the sheep and to act every act out of love, even if that love demands um, something like being thrown into prison or right. that love demands doing that which doesn't seem to be a, a good thing to do. So right. yeah. I, I think that uh, I think that the last shall be first. I think it's just it's also a hopeful thing. It's like if everybody's sound and sleek and they got all the stuff worked out. I'm over here, and you know what? Like, I'm just trying to do my best to answer my emails. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, I, I'm struggling to get just the the little bit done, and I yeah. am busy literally from the morning until the
1: night. Answer them from the last ones to the first. Yeah, just go backwards, and you'll be That's fine. that's exactly it. Uh-huh.
0: Well, the I, other,
1: the only last thing I I have to reflect on with this is that. If the vineyard is the analogy, if if by analogy the vineyard is the church, it is the kingdom of God, which is the church. The important thing to remember, if we're part of the church and if we're here, this is not merely a place of rest. It's a place of work, and we have real labor to do. Right. Right. And when people are called to be with Jesus, like Paul was, like we are, like these people are, there's work to do, and it's hard work at times. Yeah. And it might be look sometimes like thankless work, like, but there's seek real the Lord. labor. Yeah.
0: call upon him forsaking the wicked way yeah. ch- checking your thoughts yeah. going yeah. to the lord for mercy be generous and forgiving yep. and to recognize that god is above you and that he is the one who fills you up and so you prepare yourself for that filling right. i think guys that's why I, that's what i was saying is like isaiah is actually about the labors that, that we can be on yeah. about that that actually accomplish the kingdom of god totally and to be able to help people be experience the trans- transformation of Jesus, because we risk a lot by not not actually doing the work of of the real discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, friends. that's that. Thanks for being with us, and uh, God bless you, and
1: enjoy the uh, the lovely twentieth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Indeed, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye. Bye. The Word on the Hill podcast is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at www.thomascenter.org slash AICT, and you can find the Lanky Guys podcast at lankyguys.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next time.